Welcome to Hands-On Health, the podcast all about living your healthiest life on the coast. I'm your host, Felicia Struve. Did you know that quitting tobacco is as good for your health as losing 100 pounds of extra weight? I didn't. Join us for Episode 6 of Hands-On Health as I chat with Alyssa Dorman, an expert on quitting tobacco. Alyssa is the Tobacco Cessation Coordinator at Columbia Memorial Hospital. If you or someone you care about smokes, vapes, or chews, this episode is for you. So I'm joined today by Alyssa Dorman, who is the Tobacco Cessation Coordinator at Columbia Memorial Hospital. Welcome, Alyssa. Yes, thank you. Alyssa, can you tell us more about what you do at the hospital? Yeah, I'm a certified tobacco treatment specialist, and I see inpatients here within the hospital to um, offer nicotine replacement therapy to them and sometimes assess whether they're, you know, wanting or willing or considering maybe um, working on quitting tobacco. I also um, see individual face-to-face appointments or via the phone for tobacco cessation services too for those that are wanting to uh, quit or learn more about that. Okay. So uh, cessation meaning simply stopping. Yes, quitting. Yes. Quitting. Okay. And we're talking today because there's an event coming up later this month. Can you tell us about the Great American Smokeout? Yeah, the annual Great American Smokeout's always the third Thursday in November. So this year it's on November 19th. That is an event, annual event that started in the 70s to encourage people that use tobacco to try to quit um, at least for the day in hopes that that day will turn into more days and weeks and months and that sort of thing. And sometimes people use it as um, a quit date as well. So just a nice day to jumpstart your new habits. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or a, a time, a day to or consider working on quitting. For people who use the Great American Smokeout to quit just for that single day, um, what what does it matter? It's like, it's one day. How does one day make a difference? Yeah, well, it's never too early, or to, excuse me, it's never too late to, to quit. Um, and even if you quit for a day or two at a time, you know, your heart rate drops, your nicotine levels in the blood go down, and that's within, your heart rate drops within minutes. So there's very quick effects that that show up within minutes, days, and weeks after you quit. Um, coughing and shortness of breath decrease. Um, you'll you know your endurance increases. You start to breathe better, feel better. Taste and smell improves you know quickly. And every quit attempt gets you to that final quit because you learn what works, what doesn't, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and that sort of thing. So even if you're quitting just for the day um, and, you know, maybe then you'll consider continuing that the day after. Yeah. Just day by day building that uh, new pattern. Yes, exactly. So what, what are the barriers for a lot of people for quitting? Well, I think it's scary. Um, You know, it's a huge addiction. It's a huge habit. A lot of people have been smoking for 20, 30, 50, 60 years. Um, And it's a huge lifestyle change. Uh, Some people refer to like a cigarette or whatnot as their, you know, best friend. You know, I mean, it's always with them. They don't, it doesn't talk back, you know. Um, And it's just ingrained within your daily life. 
So it's a scary thing. Um, most people do want to quit. Most people wish they would have never started. Now it's taking the next steps in maybe pursuing that a little more on, on, you know, at least considering quitting or looking at those options. So I know for some people in my family, one of the barriers to quitting is this perception that they are, and, and in some cases, reality, that when they have quit before, they've gained weight. And they're afraid of, of stopping smoking, in this example, and gaining weight. What would you say to someone who has those, those concerns? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it, it is a valid concern. Um, people that quit tobacco tend to gain uh, some weight. Uh, usually it's the average of about three to five or seven pounds. Um, quitting tobacco is one of the best things you can do for your health. And tobacco use is the number one preventable cause of death in the United States, second to obesity. And so, um, you know, when the concerns of weight gain come up, which it, which it does from time to time, you know, a person would have to gain a hundred pounds or more from quitting smoking to even have the effects that you would have from continuing smoking and not gaining that weight. So it's a huge, you know, health impact on the benefits of quitting, of quitting tobacco. Um, and so I would encourage people, anyone, whether they're concerned about weight gain or not, you know, to use some of the time that they, when they're working on quitting to use some of the time that they aren't using tobacco to, you know, increase their activities. And when you're working on quitting, you know, your sense of, uh, or your endurance, um, you know, and breathing improves. And so that can entice you to continue on with, you know, more activities to keep that weight gain at bay and healthy and having healthy snacks around too. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's say you take a smoke break a couple times a day at work or, or at home, say on the weekends, instead of doing that, maybe it's a walk around the block. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get some fresh air, okay. take a walk around the block. Um, deep breathing is a great, you know, exercise to decrease your um, stress and get more oxygen to the brain and deep breathing without smoking. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe a path to success for those people who are worried about weight gain or who have experienced some weight gain in the past when trying to quit, maybe it's replacing that habit with a healthier habit, one yeah. that gets active or... Exactly. Yeah. Because when people are using tobacco, depending on how much they're using that you're, they're spending a fair amount of time throughout the day smoking or vaping or using spit tobacco, you know, what, whatever their form is. Um, and so fulfilling that time with other things is going to be important. Um, and a great way to do that to also relieve stress and you know it's great for everyone to, to be more active anyway would be to yeah replacing that time of using tobacco with you know a walk or um it doesn't you know it doesn't always have to be activity activity either i mean i always encourage people to 
you know, read or journal or write or do a word search puzzle or, you know, finding those other things to fulfill their time that they've usually, you know, done with um, or usually abused with using tobacco. So Mm -hmm. um, finding, you know, if they have hobbies, continue those. And I always encourage people to find uh, new and different hobbies. And, you know, they may or may not like it, but at least you tried it and, and you might discover some other, you know, activities and hobbies to continue with. Well, and it's always fun to learn something new. And, the, you know, it's exciting. Brain kind of lights up. Yes. Yep, exactly. For someone who is considering quitting, or maybe they have quit half a dozen times and they need some help, what's out there? Yeah. So, well, within... Co- Columbia Memorial Hospital, um, I do have the individual face-to-face or phone appointments available. Um, there's also some great resources online. Um, becomeanx.org is, is a good website. Um, there's also the Quit Line. It's in all 50 states. It's a free service. It's um, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Uh, so that's 1-800-Q-U-I-T-N-O-W. Um, there's also um, tech support out there also. So many options available for quitting and, you know, most insurance covers these things because it's cheaper for them to do that than to have people continue using tobacco. So ideally what you would do is you would treat the addiction and habit together. And ideally, you you know, if someone's open to it, which a lot, most are, you know, you would use um, a nicotine replacement therapy, which is the fancy phrase for the, there's patches, there's nicotine gum, there's nicotine lozenges, there's nicotine nasal spray. Uh, there's also a nicotine inhaler. Um, and then Chantix and Wellbutrin um, that are available or can be available to assist with quitting. And you would use one or sometimes more than one of those to um, a- assist with the addiction piece. And then talking about the whole habit piece, behavior changes, changing your routine, fulfilling your time with those activities and those things that we, you know, just discussed would be the ideal um, setting. And like you mentioned, you know, the average person's seriously tried to quit like nine to 11 times. Um, And so it it takes time. It's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. You know, there's going to be probably some slip ups and roller coaster rides throughout there, but I would just encourage people, you know, to continue, continue trying. It's never too late to quit. And, um, the benefits you see are, are quick. Where do you think people tend to get hung up? Is it, does it vary by person or what seems to be the hardest piece of it? It certainly varies, but I think the main hung, hang up is with the habit piece. Um, cause if you are using medication and you're using it correctly and you're on the right dose, then you're really not going to go through nicotine withdrawal. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean that you're never going to want to use tobacco again because the habit piece is so, you know, enthralled in that. So, um, keeping yourself busy, keeping your hands busy, um, is also recommended, meaning, you know, maybe having a pen, pencil, a paper clip, a worry stone, a stress ball, 
um, a piece of gum, maybe a little sucker, having those things on hand to replace just even the habit of having, you know, a cigarette or a vape pen, you know, in, in your hand when you're used to having that. Also, if you have a specific place where you smoke, like if you're not smoking in your home, but you go out, for example, on your front porch um, or back deck, Ideally, at least initially when you're working on quitting, if you can, try to avoid those areas as much as possible um, if you can because you associate with those locations without mm. really thinking about it. If you're, you know, if you're spending your time, for example, in the backyard smoking and that's where you, where you use tobacco when you're at home, then you know avoiding that area as much as possible just because the association piece so i would i would say that you know the habit thing uh habit piece is is probably the the biggest barrier for for most people okay well it seems like for people that i know who have successfully quit for for long periods of time uh they had a good reason and they had they had motivation it wasn't just Sometimes it's health if somebody's had a health scare, but in my family, it's been, I want to be around for the grandkids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big that... one. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are, how does somebody, I guess, identify or keep that, keep that motivation top of mind? Yeah. And, you know, people are kind of, like you mentioned, um, want to quit or consider quitting for various reasons. A lot of times, yeah, it is the grandkids. Um, sometimes it's uh, their pets. Maybe they smoke in their home and car still, um, and their pet or pets are being exposed to second, third-hand smoke. So many various um, reasons why people want to quit. Health, you know, is a huge piece as well, um, as well as saving a ton of money, um, which all, you know, adds up from from when you're quitting and, and, and working on quitting and not buying either as much or, or not at all. If you're, you know, totally quitting on the abrupt quit approach, um, then, you know, you're saving a lot of money on, on not buying tobacco products as well. So various reasons, I think, you know, and people also need, or, you know, should be um, wanting to really, quit for themselves as well. I mean, you can quit for other people and your pets and, and to live longer for your grandkids, but, you know, hopefully it's something that they truly want to do as, as well. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned the abrupt approach, which, you know, like a little light bulb went off in my head and I went, oh, wait a minute, there's different ways you can do this? Well, actually, yeah. Um, and that's the beauty of these one-on-one -on -one appointments that I provide is, you know, figuring out a specific treatment plan for each individual, which is going to be different for every, every person um, for what works. And so the abrupt quit approach prior to, oh, probably a few years ago or so um, is what you would is what a, how I was trained, which is you set a quit date, you stick to that date. If you're using medications like the patch or gum or any of those other 
items you would start at that day or some medications you start at least seven to 10 days prior to quitting. But anyway, um, so the abrupt quit would be, yeah, you set a quit date and abruptly quit. You get rid of your tobacco products the night before you clean out your car or home, you know, prior, if you still smoke or use tobacco in your home or car. And now over the last few years, um, I was introduced at one of the conferences that I attended on the gradual quit approach. Um, and that can work, a, you know, a lot better than the abrupt quit for, for some people. And it's, you know, each individual person's, um, can decide on that. So the gradual quit, hence the name would just be gradually quitting. You're still, if you're open to it, using, um, medications like the patch gum, lozenges, nasal spray, inhaler, Chantix or Wellbutrin, you're still using those but you're actually still, in addition to that, you're still using tobacco at the same time. Some people, especially a few years ago when this was a newer concept, would get freaked out about that. Um, but it is recommended. And if you are doing the gradual quit approach, you know, you, if you're on a nicotine replacement therapy, like for example, the patch, but you're still, we'll just use cigarettes as the example, you're still smoking cigarettes, by being on the patch and staying on the patch, but you're still smoking, you're going to naturally decrease the amount of uh, the amount that you're smoking because you're going to be getting, a, you know, a fair amount of that nicotine that your body's used to getting from smoking from the patch as well. So, so you would naturally decrease the amount that you're quitting. If a person gets too much nicotine, they're going to get nauseous. Um, that's not pleasant, but it's not the end of the world. So the gradual quit approach, you know, can be beneficial and somewhat of a relief for some people that they don't need to just, you know, do this quit or this abrupt quit approach of, you know, setting a date and, and sticking to it. Either way works. Um, and that's just a preference that, you know, when I meet with people, um, they, they decide. And if one doesn't work, then you can go to the other. Okay. So it's like, you don't have to, to go cold turkey. You can step it down, but really flexible. Find what works. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, speaking of cold turkey, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, a cold turkey meaning, you know, you abruptly quit all your tobacco products and you have no medication, no, you know, assistance or counseling or support. Um, has like a four to seven percent success rate. So people sometimes know people that that quit cold turkey. I always encourage them, you know, not to compare themselves to, you know, to that person if they know somebody, because um, it's mm -hmm. very, very, you know, small chances of, of success, you know, over a longer period of time um, versus getting the support, using the medication if you're open to that um, and, you know, continue working on working on the process. Let's say we've got listeners out there who are tobacco users and they are inspired to go for it for the Great American Smokeout. November 19th, was that the date? Yes, November 19th. Okay. What's one piece of advice you'd give them? To to have their Great American Smokeout quit date be the November yeah, 19th be a quit date? Yeah. If, if there's, whether it's that day or any other day, what is, what's the first thing they ought to do to help themselves be successful? Yeah, I, you know, I would certainly have them 
talker meet with myself and or their doctor um, to look at options if they are open to medication. Ideally, you would have a treatment plan, a quit plan in place prior to that date. Start thinking about why am I doing this, why it's important, the benefits I'm going to gain from this, what benefits am I, what benefits do I have continuing using tobacco? Kind of a pros and cons sort of thing. Exactly. Pros and cons list and how you're going to keep yourself busy while you're, while you're working on quitting. And Mm -hmm. if it's, if your initial plan is just to quit for the great American smoke out specifically just for the 19th, just, um, you know, staying busy, having those tangible things in your hands, like a pen, pencil, paperclip, worry stone, a piece of gum in your mouth, um, you know, staying busy with those, avoiding the smoking areas as much as possible. Um, and, you know, co- just continue continue at it and, and pursuing it and reminding yourself why you're going to do this and the benefits you're going to gain from working on this. Like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a process and it takes time. And there's um, ups and downs throughout, you know, throughout that process. So you have to be kind to yourself. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Felicia Struvey, and this has been an episode of Hands-On Health, brought to you by Columbia Memorial Hospital. 